Blog Talk Radio. I just spilled my coffee, but hey, we are here, and uh, I'm glad that I wasn't live when I spilled my coffee because um, I used a number of expletives. <laughs> but hey, you are tuned in. Uh, if you're tuned in, you're listening to Taylor Terror Radio, TaylorTerrorRadio.com, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the place to be. And um, we've got an action-packed show for you today. Um, a lot to talk about um, happening over the weekend with President Dump and um, over in Paris. We've got that. We have uh, Elena Christophilis coming on to uh, keep us surprised and give us an update and tell us about the fires raging in California. They're horrible. They're awful. And uh, she's right there. Um, she's right there amongst kind of in the middle of all that, you know, all the just, just horrible, um, destruction and, and loss of life in California. So we're going to touch on all that today, um, as well. A lot to talk about the phone number three, two, three, eight, seven, zero, three, four, nine, nine is the number three, two, three, eight, seven, zero. 3499 if you'd like to try to call and get in. The chat room is open. Uh, if you'd like to get in there, um, you can create a free Blog Talk Radio account, um, which will give you uh, access to all the chat rooms. And you can have your own username and all that good stuff. And you can also, um, you also have a free 30-minute Blog Talk Radio podcast. No strings attached. Um, real good. Um, real good people there at Blog Talk Radio. Um, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at J Wade Taylor. Follow Tara on Twitter at Tara Dublin Rocks. And as always, we encourage everyone to follow the show account on Twitter, Taylor Tara Radio on Twitter. Tara, how are you this morning? Um, you know, I had a surprisingly good weekend amidst the garbage fire. 
Uh, as we said on Friday when we signed off, it was important to get away from screens uh, and uh, go out into the world, and I did do that. And I want to tell you that I feel somewhat revitalized this morning because I didn't spend my whole weekend full of anger. I mean, a little bit, you know, if I occasionally looked at what was happening. But uh, I gave myself a break, and I thought that that, uh, you know, was healthy because uh, it's Veterans Day, Jason. And, uh, well, yeah, technically yesterday was Veterans Day. Today it's observed, so everyone can have the day off from school and all of that. And we can take an extra day to honor our vets. And um, <clears throat> the uh, installed Russian stooge puppet coward traitor uh, refused to take part in the Armistice Day, you know, honorarium happening in Paris because he didn't want to get his hair wet because his hair is made of cotton candy, and if it gets wet, it will dissolve. And he's a global <laughs> embarrassment. And for him to, uh, to – and then, you know, Michelle Obama's book is out, uh, coming out, and it, it, they asked him on the press line – what he thought of it. And she, you know, he talked about how she said she would never forgive him for the birth of stuff. He goes, well, you want, you want something back? You want some controversy back? Cause he said, you know, every time a book comes out, you have to create controversy. You have to create controversy. So of course, because there was so much controversy surrounding the Obama presidency. Um, so, you know, she had said she would never forgive him for the, yeah, the, uh, uh, so she, Michelle Obama said that she would never uh, forgive Donald Trump for pushing the birther conspiracy and what it did to her family. And he said, well, I'll never forgive him for what he did to our military. Um, what? What'd he do? What'd he do to our military? What did he do? Nothing. He, he, that, and, and what have you done, Cadet Bone Spurs? You've never once visited our troops anywhere in the entire time. You've illegitimately been occupying this office, and you have yeah, no place to be here. talking about our military. Think about that for a second. Here we have um, – you know, a uh, an installed president of the United States and Donald Trump, and this man has not visited our troops. Has he been? Has he even gone over to? You know, Obama used to make it, and you know, a lot of people don't know this, and, and many people, you know, that are were you know um, fans and admirers, and 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 really wanted to be historians of President Obama knew that. You know, President Obama made it made it regularly over to Walter Reed, like once a week. He would go over there once a week to Walter Reed to visit all the you know all of our military men and women that were you know wounded and um, and are sick um, or were you know had lost limbs that were getting prosthesis. Um, you know, mm-hmm. President Obama, this was a ritual of his, and you know, it didn't really come out till after his presidency that he was over there. That he would go at least once a week. He would make no big deal of it. He would not, you know, he would just like, he would like, he really enjoyed going over there and visiting with our uh, our men and women, that men and women that were serving and that had been wounded in action. And, 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 and also, you know, going over to, to um, uh, over to the Middle East, you know, and I don't know, a lot of time. I don't know how many times off the top of my head, but a lot. I mean, he would go over there and just pop in. Um, you know, W. Yeah. Bush did the same. Yeah, W. Bush did the same thing. Trump, right? he ain't. Joe uh, Biden, nope. ever so often you'd hear, oh, Joe Biden just popped over to Afghanistan to give the troops yeah. a little boost of morale. Um, sure. Character, your true character is how you behave when no one is watching you. 
And uh, that to me, it always speaks volumes. There was a couple of years ago, there was a viral video that circulated Joe Biden giving money to a homeless man. He didn't realize he was being recorded. Uh, things like that. That's your true character. So when Donald Trump won't go visit veterans, it tells you so much. It, it makes him have bad self feels. He knows he's a coward. He had the opportunity to serve our country and he had his daddy buy him five Vietnam deferments, five. Because he laid a foot hard, which I don't believe for one second. If you're going to buy a deferment, ha have it for something cool. Make up something awesome, you know? Say you have a like a, a heart murmur. Say you have, you know, an unstable brain act. Like, make it sound like you're like a walking time bomb. Don't say your foot hurts. You know how much of a baby it makes you seem like even more than usual. So a global embarrassment once again on the world stage. And there was a photo that I saw on Facebook that just made my blood run cold. Uh, I'll try to find it and maybe tweet it out uh, once we're done with the show. But uh, a photo of him standing in, he's next to Melania and Putin and Macron. He's between Melania and Macron and Putin is approaching. Do you see the back of Putin's head? Macron looks like, ah, oh, you know, you fucking asshole. And Trump has a look on his face like, daddy's here. It's one of those, a picture's worth a thousand words. You can see it on his face like, yeah, it, like, it, like he's happy. And you never see him happy. You see him smug. You see him angry. You see him gloating. But it's very rare that you see him happy because he's a miserable excuse for a human being. But when he sets eyes on Daddy Vlad, there's a light in his eyes that you don't normally see. I'm going to unearth that photo because that's one of those where you're just like, it tells you everything. And you could put that, actually, oh, That'll be great. We'll put it side by side with that notorious photo of, Ob of Obama staring down Putin, because that's how you face your enemy. You don't, you don't say, hey, wait a second, let me open your pants while I'm getting on my knees. So, and especially on Veterans Day, Jason, I mean, and I would say that yesterday we saw uh, a Veterans Day that where people really were going above and beyond to honor our, our veterans and our current service people. I felt like there was more of an effort this year than prior years. I don't know if you felt that same uh, amount uh, or how much you were around or looking at things, but um, I'll say this. I spent some time yesterday watching the football, which, as you know, is something I don't normally do. But I was uh, in the company of someone who enjoys football, and so we were enjoying the football together. And when uh, well, this person enjoys the Philadelphia Eagles, among uh, because that's where this person is from, and uh, um, <clears throat> when they began the Star Spangled Banner, he stood in his own living room. And I said, is this something that you always do? He said, every time. He said, if you were here, not here, there was a room full of people here by myself. I always stand for the anthem because that's what you do. And, it, and he said, especially today. And I just thought, and that's character. That's character when no one is watching. If I had been there, if I had not been there. That's how you honor our vets. And then the problem is, is that we have a day that we honor our vets and the other 364 days a year, our government's like, our vets, who, what? We gave you a day. What do you want? Oh, you want us to take care of you? You want us to have a better mental health program for you? You want us to help you reacclimate into society when you come back from the brutalities of war? Nah. I, I, the way our society treats our vets, I think, is abhorrent, and it always has been. And they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk except for the exception that we just spoke about when Obama and Biden would go visit our vets at Walter Reed. 
but um yeah we got, <laughs> what did you just send me yeah that's yeah we've got some real we've got we've got quite the characters in the chat room so this reminds me actually uh, um, this reminds me of the old days um, where we've got not just within, but we've got a, a slew of of trolls there in the uh, chat room. So all my fans are in the in the chat room. Are they all talking about? Yeah, me? this is like the are old. Yeah, this is like the old days of VTR where you'd have like you know like twenty trolls just like pop into the chat room and. Well, that's troll great you. because I'm saying such terrible things today. I'm saying such troll-worthy things like we should be honoring our vets and taking better care of them. How awful of you me. know what I? That's why I'm a troll magnet. You know what <laughs> I, I? I always find you know very. Um, uh, I I can't find the word, but um, you know liberals. You know liberals um, always get labeled as not caring for our vets or <laughs> you know not giving a shit about the military families and that's you know uh, the the i mean the opposite couldn't be more true i mean, I mean it, you know it i mean you you find when you go back ridiculous. and yeah when you go back and look at the history of, of what you know president obama did with for and with our troops what you know vice president biden did with and for our troops and what we do uh, here on the left, you know, center left, whatever, you know, I mean, I looked yesterday. I didn't really tweet over the weekend. You know, I hate Twitter, and um, <laughs> <laughs> which is no big secret. I tweeted so last why, night, you know, but I, I wonder why. Yes. Yeah, I can't That's answer, the other conversation like, yeah, that I Anyway, have. so. I, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, put something out there, you know, yesterday for, you know, Veterans Day, and I did, and I looked around, and I, you know, I saw, you know, so many, you know, you know, whatever you want to call them, prominent Twitter people, you know, sharing their, um, you know, their Veterans Day um, uh, wishes to the veterans, and, you know, sharing pictures of family members that were, um, veterans and you know just really an outpouring to the veterans and I that is a message that we I don't know that we've made clear enough Tara as as Democrats as liberals um, that I think that's you know that we care about our veterans I think that's something that's got to be you know that's something that you know the rights always ran on you know hard and um, you know that they're the only ones that care about our veterans, and that's not the case. You know, I, the, the, well, that's—I mean, that's—that's that's something... all part of their narrative, though. That's all well, part no, of their I narrative. Know. We're we baby need... killing, vet not caring about. You know, we <laughs> remember every accusation is a confession. They don't really care about. It's all talk. Like I said, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. It's so much easier for them to turn around and point the finger at us rather than accepting any blame for anything that might be wrong currently in in the world so they'll take credit for things that they didn't earn and then they won't own their mistakes and their issues so uh, that's that's a I, that's a wall you may not ever penetrate because they're so obstinate and they're all about you know just fighting you they'll just fight you for the sake of fighting you so if we say we love you know we appreciate our service people we appreciate this we do this they're like no you don't so 
Uh, okay, yeah. well, go back and look at look at the history. They don't want to look at the facts. They don't trust your sources anymore. So sometimes you have to throw up your hands and say, you want to believe that? Go ahead. Because after a while, you have to let that go. Because if you spend, and this is another conversation that I had over the weekend, because uh, I was asked why I let this all make me so upset and so angry. Because what does it do? What does my anger do? Where does it get me? What is it? What's, you know, the end game or whatever. Uh, and my, I mean, part of it is, well, it's my job to pay attention so that I can comment on what's going on. And, uh, but it was also suggested that I be able to do that without it affecting me emotionally. And I don't know how I can separate behavior from action and all of that. And it's true. You can't change the way somebody behaves. You can't change the way someone, you know, anything anyone's going to do. The only thing that you can change is the way that you react to it. So uh, that's something that I'm, you know, you, I'm always mindful of when we're going on and on about this. But I, I mean, anytime there's a discussion about our veterans, I, I get super emotional. And I, I, you know, and I was trying to figure out why. Uh, I don't have anybody in my family who's ever served, you know, like my grandfather served in World War II, but it's not like I knew about him being away or whatever. You know, I never had a, a husband or a boyfriend who was deployed or thankfully a child or and anything like that, because I would never be able to sleep if I had a child uh, serving in the military. So I, I don't know what it be. You know, those those videos of like the veterans parents, like surprising their kids make me burst into tears every single time uh, yesterday, just watching all of uh, the stuff, just what the Eagles do. Every time the Eagles scored a touchdown, they, they got into a formation and they saluted the veterans in the stands. It's all very emotional. And I, I get emotional when I talk about our veterans. I, um, every time I see someone uh, in a store, uh, you know, wearing a, a hat or something that identifies them as someone who served, I always go out of my way to thank them. And I tell them that I appreciate that they were able to come home. See, I'm getting emotional right now, Jason. I can't not... Um, that level of sacrifice and that level of selflessness is something that is severely absent in our current society, and no one is really going out of their way to help anyone else. We did see uh, over the weekend some interesting uh, bipartisanship, though, uh, in regards to the Woolsey fire, and of course, we're going to talk about that more at the bottom of the hour with Elena Chrysopoulos, but um, James Woods. Did you see that stuff, Jason? James Woods was being all helpful to liberal people during the fire, specifically Alyssa Milano, and was helping her because uh, she uh, was you know, in the path of the fire, and uh, she had five horses that needed to be moved, and that was one of the things that he was trying to help, and apparently he did. So if James Woods, who's one of the worst human beings – can set aside his <laughs> politics. No, he is. You and I mean, you know, I, I often tweet the hashtag James Woods sucks. And I would posit that as soon as all of this fire business settles down, he'll go back to being the worst human, one of the worst human beings. I, I will posit that. But in a moment of crisis, he was able to set aside his politics and because he's tweeted terrible things to and about Alyssa Milano. He was able to set aside his politics to help in a crisis. Now, think in... Use that as a metaphor. Imagine the entire country is the Woolsey fire, okay? Because it is. Our entire country, our government is the Woolsey fire. And 
and it, we can't get out of its path. Our animals are in its path, our homes, our lives are in its path, and there's nowhere for us to go. But we have to work together to stop it. That is how we create the bipartisanship and the coming together that this country really needs. And I'm, I talked a lot this weekend about healing and what it takes to heal yourself and what it takes to heal relationships and what it takes to rise above someone who's hurt you to extend yourself and say, I'm not going to let that stop me from treating you like a human being just because you hurt me once. Not going to let that stop me from treating you fairly. And that's what James Woods did. And that's what Alyssa Milano and that's what people did for each other. And I, I'd like to see that when there's not a fire, when there hasn't been a shooting, when there isn't a tr an imminent tragedy, I'd just like to see that every single day. And I'd like to see it on our social media. And I may be pissing into the wind, but I'd really like to see that because when you spend time doing something that makes you feel good, you should keep doing that. Instead of reverting back to your shittiness, James Woods, wherever you are, Tara Dublin sitting right here. If you're doing something that feels good, you should keep doing it. So that's my well, little you never know. You know? Maybe, maybe, maybe we can turn it around. And as much as Donald Trump will stand there and say the terrible, worst, awful things, and a segment of the population will perpetuate that, the rest of us are better than that. There are Republicans who are better than that. And I want to be better than that. We are capable of being better than that. We are. And I think that we can prove it. But you have to make the effort. I'm willing to make the effort. I say it, I don't know how many times I've said it on this show, that I am so willing to have these conversations with people if they're willing to set aside the, you know, the name callings and the memes and all, all of that and have a real true conversation. I'm so happy to do that because I'm really tired of fighting. It's exhausting. It is exhausting to maintain anger and to walk around with it and to carry it. And there is a point where you have to release it because it makes you feel psychically lighter and physically better. And uh, that's great to say. It's harder to put into practice, but yeah, I'm well, working I mean, on that, it. I mean, that right there um, in a nutshell is, is why I don't, um, why I don't have any sort of public conversations on Twitter anymore, because I, I really there's there's I don't see a whole lot of you know good coming out of any of that stuff, and um, you know why I've grown to just literally despise so I mean I just you know it's it's all I can do, believe me when I tell you it's all I can do just to tweet a few tweets just to get the show out there and you know maybe i enjoy now i did say last night i i do enjoy tweeting and i actually tweeted that i said you know i as much as i and i i said as much i said as much as i hate social media as much as i detest it i still enjoy tweeting late at night um especially um uh, economic wonky policy um and um i do I do still enjoy that because, you know, it kind of weeds out the idiots 
And that's what I said mm-hmm. in my tweet, too, by the way. I said that. I said it weeds out the idiots and, you know, anybody that, you know, I'll check. And I don't check my mentions, but I will. If a tweet goes and I see it's liked, you know, or I see there's a reply to it actually in the body of the tweet, I will open the tweet up and look at it there. I never, never go over and check. If you look, if I you ask me right now to take a screenshot of my notifications, they will be the same as they were last week, the week before, and the week before that. 99 plus. And because I don't ever check them. So, but I do enjoy late night tweeting. I, I, I enjoy talking, and there's a few people that are on late at night that I do know um, that enjoy hearing me um, talk about, you know, and they and, and I enjoy engaging back with them, you know, on, you know, on economic policy on the market. And we were talking last night about um, where I started to raise uh, the, the topic was, crude oil prices and how they have been plummeting and uh, and they have and they continue to plummet oil futures are way down and um they have been going that way for five weeks uh, that you know i often say that economic history is pretty reliable and if that's any indicator um you know with crude oil prices um on the downswing for the last five weeks i mean they were a hundred a hundred dollars a barrel five weeks ago. They're sixty now. So, um and that's for West Texas crude. Um that I mean you could see a lot of um you, you know, the last time that happened? Two thousand seven. <laughs> so, you know, that it, it you know, but it it you know, you had Saudi Arabia jump in there and said they were gonna cut production in December, that automatically um, you know, drove the price up a couple cents. So, you know, but we're pumping out a lot of oil here in the United States, a lot more than we used to. I mean, I mean, in offshore too. I mean, we're just literally. But that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Tara, mm-hmm. we, yeah, we do have a lot of people here, and, and let me let me let me say this. I, I wasn't. You know, I see people commenting here in the chat room. I wasn't saying any of y'all are trolling. I just see a lot of people in here that we normally, ordinarily don't see, and having. Well, do any of them have a specific question to ask of us? If they're going to be spending time with us, we should acknowledge and try to uh, interact. Have, uh, so, I, I like anything? one. One of the yeah. One of the uh, one of the names in here we have is the. Uh, um, because if you create a block talk account, you can, uh, you, you create your own name and, um, own username. And we have one that is the Mexican law enforcement. <laughs> what now? Yeah. Well, they haven't commented yet though. Only this, uh, QAnon. Is that how you say it? QAnon? QAnon. 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 Who's so Isn't scared that- of QAnon? What the fuck is that? Come on, you guys. Knock it off. All right. Knock it off. It's dumb. Just be an American citizen. Could you? Could you be an American citizen looking out for the best possible interest of your country? Could you just do that instead of being a dick or perpetuating bullshit that you know is bullshit? Have you not had enough of this already? Because I will tell you right now, I've had enough. I really have. I really, really, really have. It's enough. And, uh, um, you know, everyone's starting to talk about 2020. But we need to be talking about 2019 and what we're going to be doing once the Democrats take the House in 2019 and what we can get accomplished. But uh, all, all, all of this 
immature juvenile junior high bullshit that they you know that they have stooped to i'm so tired of it it doesn't Twitter, do though. anybody any do. good it's enough already it's, rise above be it's best Twitter. Do better. it's what you do on twitter now it's what you do on social media it's just that's why so many folks like myself just you know really don't have any I don't think you need pleasure in, in looking at all that garbage. You know, I mean, there's no there's no joy in, in, in any of that. I don't have fun doing that. I mean, it's just, it's horrible. And oh, by the way, before we go to the break, let me, Tara, I have a number of DMs from people that reach out to me as far as Twitter goes. This is going to be a quick Twitter update. And a lot of, you know, I'm not the master Twitter person, but I have been on since the get-go of Twitter, and I I do know it pretty well. They asked me a lot of the resistance accounts have gone down. Um, A lot of these accounts, um, big ones, you know, where, you you know, you've got the characters, you know, from like Princess Leia, and they're all anonymous Mm -hmm. accounts, right? All quote, unquote, in quotes, anonymous accounts. Um, but a lot of these accounts have gone down and rapidly. Okay, so real quickly, just to give everybody what happened there, um, and this is not this is like even more than an educated guess. This is almost certain. Certain. This is I'm almost certain. This is what happened. Most of those accounts, those big, uh, not you know whether they're like storm clouds or they're like you know from. Hunger Games or whatever they are, animals, you know, that have, you know, they're, um, they're, uh, there are a number of people or maybe one person has like have has during this election cycle created 10 or 20 account and they've gotten by with it. And Twitter will let, you know, Twitter will let you get by with that for so long. Um, and then they don't. And when they don't, they do an IP hit. And that's different from a purge. When they do an IP hit uh, and you see a number of these resistance accounts go down, chances are, good chances are that they were all tied together. So when they do an IP hit on somebody, you know, they're targeting their IP address and every account associated with them that's coming from that IP address goes down. And something a lot of people don't know and I can tell you from experience, Tara, this is actually quite interesting. Twitter will give you. But, but Twitter will give you the option. They'll take down all of your accounts. Let's say you have 25 accounts. And they'll take down all your accounts, and they'll say, Twitter will say, which one would you like to keep? We'll let you keep one. Believe it or not, that's what Twitter will do. And you'll say, okay, I mean, unless you want to sit there and argue with them over, you know, I want all my accounts, which they won't let you keep. But you can pick one, and they'll let you keep that one. So, But that's what happens. That that's what happened to a lot of these resistance accounts. Most of it, and look, anybody. I mean, most of these people are the same people that created ten or twenty or thirty different accounts. So, you know, that's just the way it is. But that's what happened. Don't like, um, it don't like it anymore. Don't like it anymore. I don't. I just. I'm so. Eh, it's. I'm tired. You know what it is. Yeah. I just need to go to a beach and lay on it and not have to do anything for like four or five days and then come back and be, you know, like reinvigorated or something. Uh, because 
all of this is just like it should not it shouldn't take this much to support your side especially when you're on the right side of history you know like all of the energy that's being put forward and all of this like what imagine imagine if everybody took that energy and put it into something that actually made a difference like out in the world out from behind their screens like i don't know they volunteered to clean up the, the beaches or something, or they did something to make the world a cleaner and better place, or they volunteered to read to the blind, or they went and visited veterans at Walter Reed. Imagine, imagine what we could all accomplish if we weren't so busy being assholes to each other online. Yeah, a lot. Or we, weren't, right so busy cre- <laughs> or, or we weren't so busy creating multiple Twitter accounts in order to get I don't know, whatever, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Get what? I mean, okay. But speaking of the Twitter accounts, yeah. I actually, I just when we were at the top of the show, we were talking about uh, the difference between the way uh, Obama looks at Putin and the way that Trump looked at Putin. So I did just tweet that from the Tara Dublin Rocks account. Uh, it's a it's a good side by side. So go and check that out. Um, we also uh, need to take a break here because. Uh, California is on fire, or and the the air quality is terrible, and climate change is real, and we're going to be talking to climate change scientist and great friend of our show, Elena Christopoulos, in just a few moments here on Taylor Tower Radio.
listening to Taylor Terror Radio, TaylorTerrorRadio.com, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. If you missed any of the show today and you'd like to go back and listen to the show or download the show, you can do so right here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com or any of your favorite podcast listening platforms, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play Music, and simply search Taylor Terra Radio. If you like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at J Way Taylor. You can follow Tara on Twitter at Tara Dublin Rocks and the show account on Twitter. Follow us there, Taylor Terra Radio on Twitter. And uh, a lot to talk about um, today. Uh, a lot of the news, but um, Tara, uh, what's going on in California with the fires and um, the air quality and lo- lives that's been, you know, lives that's been lost and families lost, you know, everything. And I know what that feels like, um, not from fire, but from water and um, from having been through Hurricane Harvey. Here in Houston, it is, it is, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's something that will turn you, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a horrible, horrible thing. I mean, it's, nobody is prepared to lose everything. And, um, you know, and, and including your, you know, including someone you love, possibly a friend, you know, that, you know, that you lose, you know, in, in one of these tragedies. It's been so, um, terrifying. Yeah, it's been terrifying to watch uh, the images that we've seen look uh, apocalyptic. They look like something from a movie. People are like, "That's not a real photo." Yeah, it is. I know. It's very yeah. real. And to and to speak to just how real uh, our wonderful friend to the show, climate change scientist and all around, uh, she's also a political consultant. She's just a basic badass. Elena Christopoulos, welcome back to Taylor Tower Radio. Uh, Hi, good morning, good afternoon to you both. How, okay, so let's jump right to it. Uh, can you speak to your personal experience over the weekend uh, when everything started happening? Uh, how, because I was, you know, watching your feed and I have cousins and cousins in the area who are affected. And then my son is down in, in Southern California also going to college. So I was very much paying attention uh, from when it began. So if you can just relate your personal experience uh, as, as we begin this awful story. It's just so horrifying. Sure, sure. So, you know, I'm in Santa Monica and I'm, I'm on the beach. So uh, my visibility to the Santa Monica mountains and Malibu is quite clear, usually clear. And uh, the thing is, you know, I'm not a native uh, Angelino or California. Most aren't. But I do know enough that the, there's, you know, there's, a, there's three seasons in California, earthquake, fire, and then mud season, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I went, I went down to the beach just uh, on Thursday, uh, Thursday evening, and uh, Friday, well, Friday morning, and I myself had taken some photos of uh, just the clouds over in Malibu, and getting a lot of texts and phone calls and uh, messages via Twitter about what's going on because I, you know, I also saw friends through their feed. You know, going for a run on Friday when air quality is 
unbelievably unhealthy and such. Mm. So, you know, it's just, you know, you don't, it's, it was mind boggling. And for me, it's been, um, you know, some of the comments coming out out of 45, well, again, never surprising, but, um, you know, this is, there are issues in California with fires. I mean, this happened, you know, especially in Chico, this happened not too long ago. So it's also, we're expecting the Santa Ana's to turn and come down south again later this week. And if, if they do, uh, we're, we're out of here, you know, and it's, I don't oh want to go down to San Diego. We're out of California for a little bit. Cause this, it's just too, uh, for me personally, and I'm, and for a lot of people I've talked to, you know, it's, it's, a constant state of what is the weather like, you know, buying masks and knowing how to do a fire drill and all that. Everyone should be able to know how to do that. And I hope they do. And I don't mean just a painter's mask, you know, I mean, a, a HEPA filter mask to go out there because the smaller particles are going into your lungs, you know, so don't take it oh to outside to play and things like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So oh been, my gosh. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just like, I'm a Jewish mother thousands of miles away from my son. And he's east of where you are. He's in Eagle Rock at Occidental College, which is, you know, 40 miles to the east. But still, I texted with him yesterday because I'm obviously very concerned about the air quality. He's like, not great. I was like, don't go outside. He was like, I I promise. And he's on the uh, uh, ultimate Frisbee team there. And they had a, you know, they they didn't practice this weekend because of the air quality. So, (sighs) Yeah. But it's, it's, I feel helpless, you know, it's, it's very, fr- it's, mm. you know, to know people that were in the middle of it, um, you know, knowing that you were there and impacted by it was one thing, but my, uh, one of my cousins, uh, Michelle lives in Thousand Oaks and somehow her house mm. was spared. Her house is in that like little semicircle that didn't burn. Um, but her photos are mm. horrifying and she evacuated and then went back. And then my other cousin, Diane lives in Topanga Canyon. And fortunately she and her mm. husband, have a second home in Ojai and we're able to get out and evacuate up there. But for the people who lose every, I mean, we saw so many celebrities lost everything. I mean, Gerard mm-hmm. Butler lost his house. Um, I saw that photo. Uh, uh, Miley Cyrus lost her house. Uh, a bunch of people. Uh, there's uh, Hollywood sets burned to the ground. And then Donald Trump tweets that it's our fault that the fires were out of control. So, as a climate change scientist, and you're not, I know that you're probably, you know, metaphorically or actually physically banging your head against the wall. And this is something that we also asked Neil deGrasse Tyson once again, it's proven again and again mm-hmm. that climate change is real. How, how do we take care of ourselves when our government won't? Uh, that's a good great question. question. So, <laughs> Thank you. That just came to me. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> well, you know, for one, I have my uh, my hat goes off to the California fire chief who, uh, and I don't agree, you know, I can't believe we're doing this, but we're talking about climate change and we're talking about fires that which people are missing and losing uh, property and they are dying. But, you know, the California fire chief, uh, his rebuttal to said 45, right? So, mm-hmm. um which I agree 100% when he, because, you know, he's blaming the fire chiefs, he's blaming uh, everyone, blaming mismanagement of funds, which happen to be federal funds, which is under his bailiwick, but I digress. Um, you know, the California fire chief, his quote was, uh, the re- to uh, said president was, 
the reason these, these wildfires have worsened is because of climate change and a historic drought. Helping victims and fire relief efforts in our state should not be a, a partisan issue. We should be helping everyone. So that's there who tweeted that. Yeah. Which is exactly like everything, right? It's climate change affects all of us, and it is it is not a partisan issue at all. So no, it you know, is, I, he's just mad that he's losing seats in California. He's mad he lost Dana Rohrabacher's seat, and all of these elections, he's the smaller elections that he's all the House seats that he's now losing in California. He's just mad that California is not a hundred percent pro Donald Trump, and he's that's his attitude. He's like, well, you know, you didn't vote for me. That's what you get. That's a shitty attitude. So we're we have a government that is invested in killing us, not saving us. There's no profit in them yeah. for them to save yeah. us. There's too much, you know. We have a uh, we have a really close friend of the show, um, Tara um, Karen Charmley. You know Karen. So, yeah, of course. Uh, and uh, Karen um, had DM me. Uh, uh, we had chatted a number of times and I've, we've, I've known Karen for years and, um, she, um, she lives in, uh, she lives in Chico and, um, oh, wow. she was, uh, she was, yeah, she, she was telling me about the, uh, the devastation of the paradise fire that they lost the entire mm-hmm. town. Um, 27,000 people evacuated, um, Five people burned to death in their cars uh, trying to get out. That's what horror. Oh my god, those details are the ones that are really. That's what just haunts you. And she was taking in. Um, I mean, in their house, um, she said they were okay there in Chico. And I'm not real. I'm not like uber familiar with California somewhat, but um, mm. um, but she she was uh, telling me that they were taking in just just you know as many families as they could in their house. Um, uh, she also had had told me that um, there was fifty two thousand people evacuated, ninety thousand acres burning, with only five percent containment. Uh, Elena, let me ask you something. Um, as far as um, um, climate change, and and this is probably a question that you've you've received um, a lot, but I think it's a question that not is not asked nearly enough of of climate scientists like yourself. How much longer do we have to to turn this thing around before there's no turning it around again? Before it's no turning back? Before it's out of you know? I mean, before how long do we have as a not only as a nation but as the world um, to take real action on climate change before it's just it's you know you you've crossed that zero barrier? And we'll have to live underground. Uh, it's it's a lot closer than most people think. So, you know, there's two ways of looking at this. There are people I know who've said it's, it's we can't, you know, they've thrown their hands up and said, you know, it's we've gone too far, et cetera, and there's that camp. And I respect that, but I, I don't preach that, right? Um, you know, I will do everything in my power to help. Um, and that's, it's, it's not that far off, which is, you know, the how how warm the earth is getting these days etc uh, but we also there's another group of scientists who've said okay this is we've got to we've got to do everything we can but we also i mean we all know the science 
you know, we all know disasters like the, these fires in California will continue. And this, this wasn't caused by climate change, but it was exasperated by climate change, right? And if we don't, we being the Democrats, Republicans, the we as a country, as a nation, if we don't adopt a real climate plan, the cycle of devastation will only continue. And we'll see fires like this constantly, right? And uh, with no rain in sight, we are, we are in trouble. And uh, it's not only we, so I feel as even a Democrat, we need to hold our leaders, our Democratic leaders accountable. And, you know, the usher in of the new folks coming in, the newly elected, uh, a lot of women on the Democratic side, all need to be held accountable, not taking any fossil fuel money and actually be strong, strong on climate change and with a real plan in the climate caucus. Um, yeah, I, but, you know, I can, I, that's, I can give you a year, which, you know, if we don't change things, that's it, you know, but it can change easily if we have political courage and it's now or never. So the people coming in, you know, on both sides, but we have to hold Democrats accountable who are still taking the fossil fuel money full stop. End of story. Right. Um, Weather has always been a um, a fascination of mine. One of my minors in one of my minors in undergrad school was atmospheric meteorology. So, um, and that was something I I've always been fascinated with the weather. And um, I will tell you that down here in South Texas on November twelfth today and tomorrow, we are going to have. Temperatures down in the 20s at night. This is unheard of. Mm. Unheard mm. of for this early. Now, do we get freezing temperatures down? Yes, we do. But and do we have we gotten snow? Yes. Oh yeah, many times. But that's in January, and mm. and it's it's you know. And here we are, November 12th. This is early. I mean, you know, normally it's pretty mild outside. It's we're going to have freezing temperatures like er almost every night this coming week. And everybody's like, we're all, you know, golly, we're all, we're having a really early winter, you know? And, Mm you know, I mean, well, it's, you know, just to sorry to interject, I do want to just, if you really, if we want dates and not to be too specific and get into, you know, uh, Celsius or, uh, Fahrenheit of what we have to change overall. I want people to know that by 2030, the entire world needs to cut its emissions in half, and by 2050, our emissions need to be net zero. And that's a very daunting number, considering we're at 2018 right now. But that's that, those are some things we have to we have to get we have to change, and it's it's how we lead what we do and what we actually, we can do, scientists can do all we want, right? But we also have to have uh, leaders in and uh, leaders with political courage who can actually stand up and create climate plans plans and listen to climate scientists and give us the credence and belief that we've been doing for many, many moons. Well, you're going to, you're you're right on the, you're right on the money when you say, you know, I think this, you know, comes back to with politicians, um, with our representatives in Congress, um, you know, money in politics and um, getting, you know, I mean, this is on both sides here. 
<laughs> I mean, don't fool yourself. You know, people like to fool themselves, liberals especially. They like to, you know, well, you know, we don't take all this big fossil fuel money. We don't take, you know, uh, we might not take NRA money, but that's not to say there's not a whole lot of other stuff we take. And I know that for a fact without going down, you know, just a litany of, of – of you know various you know lobbying groups and and money we you know Democrats take in um, from some of these groups, but I mean you've got to I mean I think you're going to have to get money out of politics. Number one, uh, I I don't think there's a, you know there's a, so many Democrats, uh, men and women that want to see you know Citizens United, you know over see you know an end to that and. But you have some that don't even ever mention it. And, and you know, I could name some names, but they're obvious ones. That's been around Congress mm-hmm. for, like, um, since the Dark Ages. And, <laughs> well, I'm serious. They're the ones that... That's well, true. They've got, it's you true. Know, it's you're true. not saying anything that's not true. You know, I mean... You don't have to apologize you don't for ever, you, don't, you, know, you don't ever hear them talk about Indian Citizens United. You know why? They got a lot of money, money coming in front of them. And that's, well, and if that's, only and that's, there was money in investing in climate science, right? If there was a whole lot of money to make from that, if there was some way to profit from saving the world, then they would do it. So we need to figure out a way to convince them that saving the world is profitable rather than destroying well, let me, it. Yeah. Let me add, let, let, how much do we hear uh, 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 Schumer and Pelosi talking about? Ending Citizens United and in, in climate change. If I Ooh. could do an imitation of cr- of crickets, if I could make crickets yeah. noises, yeah. thank uh, you. you know, uh, I would do that yeah. right now. And that's yeah. And that's, See, that's we have exactly to, right. you know, it it starts from the top and it goes down. I mean, and if we don't hold our leaders accountable, what are we doing? You know, and there's some great groups out there who are. Uh, doing some wonderful work. There's the Sunrise Movement, there's Climate Hawks, um, and they're great groups that put pressure on and also help uh, people on both sides who are strong or who are interested in fighting climate change and understanding the science behind that. You know, so, but yes, if we don't, no, I have not heard the Pelosi or Schumer, I've not heard any of them ever talk about Citizens United or... No, um, of course not. You know, what and, you know, what that means. I mean, it was close, you know, they, they, we were so close to getting fossil fuel money out of the DNC, and then, you know, Perez said no. So, you know, I, I think it's also people who are not in the bubble of politics, like we are, have to understand that, yes, you know, it's okay to criticize the Democratic Party. Actually, we need to. We need to criticize anyone, because this is, again, like the California chief uh uh, fire fireman said uh, he it, this is a partisan issue and we have to hold those accountable on both sides who are not uh, who not only maybe they believe in climate change but they're not doing they're not showing the political courage to get an actual climate plan in action for the future you know so and you know with Cal- with California the problem it goes for a lot of reasons we didn't get enough rain this this autumn right this fall we didn't get enough precipitation so that's that's again you know directly because of climate change so you know it started off with the campfire fire hashtag campfire and then what 
the exposure from that uh, is explosive fire behavior that continued and then the tragedy in paradise continued. And if that was stopped at campfire, uh, the rest wouldn't have happened. You know, um, I've heard so many people over the weekend saying it's, it's hurting. It hurts to breathe. They're coughing. You know, I woke up one day, my throat was, it was sore and, uh, my eyes were burning and, uh, you know, we've got humidifiers, purifiers and things like that. But, you know, it's, it, and I'm, I'm not sensitive to air quality. I can just think about those who are, right? So, um, it, yes, I think, you know, the younger generations, too, have an absolute right to, every, to be upset at Pelosi and Schumer, you know? And it's not, we need, we need concrete plans and they need to have, climate scientists with these plans and they need to stop taking, they need to start treating climate change like they started treating big tobacco the same way. If we do that the same way, we treat, you know, climate change like we did, I mean, fossil fuel money rather, like we did big tobacco, it's a game changer, you know? So that's what we have to do. So that if you're not, if you are taking fossil fuel money, yes, you're going to be held accountable for this. Yes, and your name is any, you know, any politician in America who fails to act, to take action to prevent worsening of firestorms um, and will continue to take um, money from fossil fuel companies, uh, they all will have blood on their hands. And we have to be that direct and that sharp and that hard on these politicians. It's enough is enough. Enough is enough. You're absolutely right. And I agree with you. And when you want our elected officials to uh, do the things we elected them to do. You have to really push for it. I would say that, you know, once we have our Democratic House sworn in in January, uh, we will be able to implement. There are plenty of people uh, in the Democratic Party who are invested in climate change initiatives and who want to, you know, who are on the right side of this issue. And I think because I mean, you can't argue that there's just so much that we are overwhelmed with and there are so many things that we have to fight against that there are things that fall through the cracks. And unfortunately, this is one of those things that people think can wait to get to because there may be more pressing things. But I now, you know, believe it's it's definitely the top, in the top three issues. And what's also interesting, Elena, when we were talking to Democratic candidates leading up to the midterms, and I would constantly ask the question, what are the people in your community? What are they most concerned about? Nobody said climate change. Everybody said health care, which obviously yeah. is incredibly mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. But not enough, not mm-hmm. enough people are saying climate change. So it, you know, people like us who have a platform need to really amp up the discussion about climate change. And as soon as we have our people sworn in in January, when, we have, when we're able to take back some of the power we've lost – uh, those are the candidates, people, we, you know, there are plenty of uh, those candidates who have been elected. If you go to their website, they do have plans for climate change uh, initiatives. Now it's time to hold them accountable. We elected you. This is one of your platforms. We expect you to make book on it, and I, I'm going to hold you accountable. So starting in January, because a lot of people are leapfrogging to 2020 already, let's focus on 2019, what we can do once we have more Democrats in the House who can put forward more uh, climate change initiatives who can end the power, you know, know, this whole Citizens United thing. These are all things that we can push for once we have more of a voice because we will. So those are the things that we have to be able to push for. I mean, listen, I'm in a private room with Nancy Pelosi on Twitter. You know, Team Pelosi has its own private room on Twitter. 
I am happy to keep pushing for this. You want me to ask directly? This is what people want to hear. This is what people want to hear from you. If she gets to be speaker again, this is what people expect from me. I'm happy to start that dialogue because we can't be afraid to make demands of our elected officials once we put them into power. That's what our job is. I think if you looked at the current crop of demand, look, don't get me wrong. Thank God we got the house back and there are, you know, health care and, um, you know, gun reform and so many other things, um, you know, that need taking need to be taken care of. But I will I, I can almost guarantee you that on their list of things on their to do list, climate change is either did last or not even on there. And that has to change. <laughs> We need to get that uh, on the top of the list rather at the bottom. This is why. How do we do that, Elena? Let me, yeah. let me leapfrog real quickly to 2020 just for a second. Let me leapfrog, and this is why I have really started to take a harder look at more. And I'm not like an uber-progressive person. I'm a center-left guy, you know, from the South, and that's me. But I have started to take a look at some really, really progressive candidates for 2020 that will handle this stuff and take this stuff hit on because we need a leader because if they're not going to lead us in congress then we need a president after we get rid of this dumpster fire that we have up there right now that will lead us you know and lead the young people into uh and talk about climate change and talk about these things that have gotten thrown by the wayside for so long. You know, it seems like a uh, um, hundred years ago that Al Gore was telling us about these things, Elena. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And he's, you know, I got to say, um, you know, I, I am a friend of Al. I, I think Al Gore is fantastic, and I think he's found his spot. But, yes, he's saying the exact same message, right, again and again and again, right? So I, I think, you know, it's, this is just not a California issue, obviously. It's, we're looking at Florida. We're looking at the Carolinas. We're looking everywhere. The point is, it's, this is this is all due to climate change, and we have to have we have to start having more nuanced conversations on societal risk, you know. Because I'm sorry, the status quo is just not working. It's not, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the Democratic Party. So we've got people who have claimed they're not taking, if, you know, climate hawks, and I, I don't know offhand, but there's people who've pledged not to take fossil fuel money, right? And there's a woman called R.L. Miller who's been vigilant on that. And she was, she's in Thousand Oaks and she was uh, affected by both. She knew people at borderline and uh, she also was affected by the shooting, uh, sorry, by the fires. So she's, (coughs) excuse me, she is uh, very strong and adamant about who's, who's taking money from fossil, you know, fossil fuel companies. And that's, we have to do this. You know, and I, I think it's, you know, I hear your both of you. I hear you like let's get people into office, and then you know let's let's see what we can do. But you know, there's there's people like Ro Khanna who has not taken, you know, he won again, and he didn't take well any corporate funds whatsoever. But he's he wants to lead climate change, but he needs people who will be with him, you know, in the climate change caucus, right? So. You know, there are people in California who won, who did take fossil fuel money and who took corporate, uh, were funded by PACs. And quite frankly, in some of them, uh, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if they would have won if they hadn't, 
you know. And as you quick, as you said, let's go to 2020. You know, again, the status quo for the Democratic Party is not working. And what we need to do in a already a a full, I don't know, it's almost like two football teams of names that have come around. Um, we need to make sure that people are running on issues that are progressive and that are important, right? We need to and help you hold people accountable. And on top of that list needs to be climate change, right? We've got the, you know, we have the usual on, you know, labor union rights, civil rights, LGBTQIA rights, uh, Keystone pipeline uh, fight, Black Lives Matter, DACA, fight for 15. But in all that, we need to have climate change in that as well. Absolutely. I, I yeah. am more invested. I think, uh, you know, seeing what we've seen over the past year has really, uh, you know, with all of the natural disasters that we've witnessed, hopefully is opening more and more people's eyes to what's actually happening in their world. I don't know why you would look at something like these fires and say, oh, I'm fine with that. That's fine. That's fine. That it devastated all of these acres. That And how do they rebuild now? I mean, that's, I mean, just the, the, the going back and rebuilding and what it does to somebody's psyche and all of the things that surround a tragedy like this, there, there's not enough of a support system in place. And, I, you know, you read about all these tra- traumatic events and, the, and all of this could have been prevented, you know, if, if people mm-hmm. took better care of the world. And I don't understand how it's not more important to people. I want my eventual grandchildren to be able to breathe the air and drink the water and walk the earth barefoot. That's, you know, it just doesn't seem like a crazy thing to want. And they may not be able to. And I had a discussion with somebody yesterday who was like, your grandchildren's grandchildren won't even be able to live on this planet. They're mm-hmm. going to have to seek another planet to live on. I mean, we won't be here. I mean, maybe that's part of the problem, Elena, is a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to be here in 2080 or the year 2100. I'm not going to be here. Why? Why should I care? Like your future generations are going to live in an, on an, in a, you know, a, a, a planet that won't host life. Is that what you want? Well, and listen. That attitude. Here. Oh, here. Don't pay me. Here. No, never mind. I'm not going to be here. That attitude. Here's the hard. Here's the hard truth. The the Trump supporters, <laughs> the Trump supporters <laughs> and the Trump voters, they're counting on space force. So, <laughs> sure, sure, count on that. And Cadet Bone Spurs is going to fly you to freedom with the Space Force. Pew, pew, pew. All of, I mean, I want to wake up from this nightmare already. I, this, look, I don't I like called, this episode of Black Mirror. I called the market today. I called the market just as a real, I called this today, and I'm telling you, um, we are, we are, um, you are fixing to see the hedge funders sell off like nobody's business. I mean, I, I called this last night. I called it last week. Watching, the, I mean, this has nothing to do totally with our conversation. Well, sort of, because this kind of all started um, when I started going back looking at at five weeks, six weeks ago when crude, you know, when when crude oil futures started dropping drastically, and they have continued to to plummet. Um, all the way to sixty dollars a barrel. You had Saudi Arabia jump in there and try to uh, cut production um, for December to try to st- 
steady the steady the futures out. Uh, it's not happening. You, you have the market again today in a free fall. And um, look, this is going to get continue. It's going to get worse. And I think this is a, a, a Elena. I was telling Tara this at the beginning of the show. I think we, you know, is there a correlation here with with oil? I and you know the crude oil prices um, taking such a dramatic downswing. Well, we can go back to 2007, and that you know the same thing happened then. There was a pre. I mean, it was kind of happening during the meltdown then. But the last time that this happened, that we've seen such a dramatic decline in 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 oil futures was 2007, and it, I think the market is poised with with that, with the hedge funders going you know to a massive sell off. We're in we're in store for a doozy here. I, we're we're on the verge. That little correction that we had a few weeks ago ain't nothing. I mean, we're fixing to see a massive. You could see a massive market meltdown with the deficit, student loan debt. Oh boy, there are so many things here at play. I, I just—it's so I had reassuring. To, I had to get that in there because you know people listen to the show. I, I you know I talk you know I I do you know play around in the market quite a bit, and you know I do like um, you know a lot of people ask me you know my advice. I don't know how you know, how good it is sometimes because, you know, but I, you know, look, you, I, I call this and it's, it's just it's something, you know, and I, what, you know, what made me think of this is Tara, I went over there and looked at, I just had missed, saw a tweet of yours where you had retweeted Trump and he was blaming the, the Democrats for the market today. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would he take responsibility for something that's his fault? He never does that. Right, so. right. But it's you know, not. Blame I mean, the Democrats who all... are not quite yet in power for everything that's going wrong. Elena, when we – okay, help us to create a new conversation around climate change. I think that is the thing that we need to do. That's what we need to do. We need to create a different conversation, a different narrative around climate change that makes it easier for people who maybe are on the fence about whether or not it's real – If the current conversation isn't getting through, because, of course, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, what we're doing isn't working. The messaging that we're trying to get through isn't working. What to you, because you are an expert in this and you go around and you talk to people and you lecture about this and you're informed, um, rather than saying, okay, just come and live on my farm off the island of Greece, which, Elena, I will take you up on that if it comes to it, but... um, (laughs) Because I, I will, wasn't kidding it's a either. Part of the world. I still have never been to Greece. It's on the bucket list. Um, but um, we clearly need to create a different way to talk about climate change to make it easier for people to understand and then also get on board with. So, and I don't expect you to create that right now in the moment off the top of your head, but I'm willing to help change the narrative and create a new conversation so that it is a more positive message because I think part of it is the negativity of it all. It's like, whoa, gloom and doom makes people want to kind of like, you know, shelter themselves away from it and hide from it. If we can put somewhat of a positive spin, perhaps, you know, flies, honey, vinegar, that whole thing. How can we begin to do that? Well, you know, it goes back to the stats about 2030 and 2050. Those are the statistics. But I, again, I'm a, a person of a glass half full, right? And, you know, 
the definition of sustainability is, you know, treating the world as if we plan to stay. That's the definition of sustainability. Now, that is not a left issue or right issue. That's just sustainability overall, right? So mm. I feel, you know, if it's our job to, be- to do better than the generation before us, for the generation after us, right? Um, and whatever that looks like. So I think with regards to, I, I know, Tara, you've had a lot of uh, trolls on, online from MAGA and, stu- and such, right? Mm-hmm. So that, mm-hmm. and I, I know, Jason, you haven't as much, I, I'm not sure. But so this weekend, you know, when I was uh, posting things because I saw the cities were not posting as much and I don't want to blame cities because they are, are overloaded, Right. But again, Tara, you had said there isn't a system in place for things like this as well. Right. So we have, you know, people using Instagram, Twitter to get information out. You know, Airbnb is offering free stays until November 29th for anyone affected by the fires, for example. So the so these are things that I will continue to post and, Mm -hmm. you know, for to get the information out. A friend of mine had a boat from Marina del Rey to uh, Malibu and was taking supplies only. You know, there's these, so it's really a community effort and that's a really nice thing to see because a lot of actually people that I know that were uh, lost either their house, lost, you know, lost whatever they did lose uh, or displaced in some way. Some of them were Trump voters, you know, and a lot of them. And the whole thing is, again, it's it's uh, we can't put our head in the sand for any of this, you know, and I think it's we have to we have, you know, I some mega, you know, so I was tweeting over the weekend, like check, you know, resources, which I saw were not online or not clear. Please check, you know, AQMD.gov for current uh, hourly updates on what the air quality is in your neighborhood. Right. So putting that out there and saying, please retweet. So people were retweeting and say, okay, what does this mean? And I would describe that. So some people, so were asking me, so how did this happen, et cetera. Um, And I think it's, uh, it's for people who were talking about the ice age and other ridiculous things were tweeting at me and such, you know, I'm not, (laughs) but there are, you know, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even going there, but there were some, you know, yes, for, you know, there's some people talking about uh, the utilities out here and what, how do the utilities play a role? Right. Right. And yeah. so there's, right. So I don't know if I or, you talked about that earlier. Too. Oh, go, go ahead, I Jason. mean, well, yeah, what, no, oh, no, well I mean, my cousin I've works for the gas company. So my, my cousin yeah. who was affected by the fires, my cousin Michelle well, worked you know, for the gas company down there. I just, heard. So what I heard, I heard a lot of, uh, and it, uh, I just glanced around, um, you know, uh, various social media platforms and, and blogs and, and reading, is that, you know, the Trumpers or, you know, the Trump voters and, and the Trump supporters and stuff, you know, they 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 kind of equate all this, e- Elena and Tara, and, and down to, you know, Oh, that fire! Oh, you know that was Uncle Shit. That was Uncle Bob out there smoking a cigarette. He threw it in the he threw it in the he threw it in the leaf pile. This that's what they think. That's how they think these things start and just get completely out of hand, which they very well could start that way, I, I suppose, uh, or from a lightning strike or from a number of different things. But they, you know, that's where it kind of begins and ends with them. And this goes back. To as Tara, Tara had posed the question to you, Elena. Well, how do we 
um, you know, how, how do we make this uh, attractive? It's not attractive. That's the no. thing. Look, I mean, it's not. And it, the thing about it is you're going to have to have the leaders of this country, um, our leaders, uh, get out there and talk about this to the people, to the younger generation, to, to, to Gen Xers, to, uh, to everybody. I mean, we got to have our leaders. I mean, I, you, I mean, you try to, I mean, you, how can you put a positive spin on this? You know, and say, look, oh, climate change is so fun, and it's and it's all la di da di da. No, it's and, not that it's fun. It's well, rather than saying, oh my I mean, fucking god, we're all gonna die here. Yeah, but here's I don't how, know you how you clean up the reservoir in your community. Here is well, how you speaking, implement a recycling program in your but kids' school. I'm speaking school. strictly from a political point of view here. How do you? You're you're when you posed that question to me, it was like, okay, well, how do you sell this? And really, that's really what you were asking. How do you sell this? I mean, can you dress it up a little bit and make it seem like not so like ominous? No, you can't. No. Correct. And that's what we need our leaders Correct. for. You can't dress this up. Lena, am I wrong? No, I, you know, there's no nice way of putting this in a nice little bow, right? And that's the danger of all this was years ago when, you know, the lobbyists from tobacco – They've gone to lobby for fossil fuels, right? And, of course, they approached me and asked if I would, you know, for X amount of money, which I consider selling up my soul, you know, to say, you know, climate climate change isn't real, et cetera, et cetera, and, uh, you know, whatever I wanted to do. And it was just unbelievable, you know, and I – it was just – and a lot of people have. A lot of people have. And, you know, until all of a sudden now with tobacco, you know – I think I've said this before. If I'm, if I see someone, you know, or if I someone smoking a cigarette in Los Angeles, it's as bad as you know, clubbing a baby seal. Like we need to get that that harsh with climate change. I mean, it's not. There's so much money involved in this. There's so much money involved in this, you know, and that's the problem. Um, I think. There isn't, you know, today there's protests by, in D.C. by a group called Sunrise Movement. And I've got some folks I know from there, and I will connect them with the show. But they are done. They are done. They, they, are, they are young. Most of them are Gen Zs. Um, but they're, they are done with uh, the status quo. They, they are worried that when, they, when it's 2030 at their age, at Gen Zs, you know, they don't want to wait till then. So they feel that they've been completely screwed over and uh, rightfully so, you know, and I think it's, you know, it's the little things um, it's in so many ways, but, you know, uh, in the nineties, I banned pesticides from parks in the city of Toronto, public parks. And that was just me, myself and I doing something because a lot of my friends were telling me that dogs were getting cancer under their bellies. And, you know, I put one, one and one together, and that's changed. So a lot of men have gotten cancer who've retired, and they're out playing golf. What is, what are on, what's on the golf course? Pesticides. You know, so it's, it, there's all these correlations. And I think overall there's groups of climate scientists who are gotten together on uh, Twitter who are talking and helping each other and uh, making sure that there are more panels talking about climate change, making sure there's that. But we also... 
I mean, we need, we need political courage. It comes down to, I mean, we could, I can show all the science to all the candidates I'm advising and talking points, but at the end of the day, you know, it's up to them to go forward with that, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. we need, we need elected to have got that. And it's, it can't be in a nice little bow. It's not, it's not ready. It's, it's too late for that. Yep. I agree. Uh, Elena Christopoulos, thank you for joining us today. We're, we're running out of time again. Um, you know, uh, you're incredible. And, um, you know, I, you know, I encourage everybody to, to follow Elena on Twitter. Um, what, uh, give out your Twitter handle, uh, Elena. Sure. Sure. Which I, I think I need to change, but it's just, it's E L it's Elena C H. So it's E L E N A C H. And I will, constantly post things about preparedness if people are looking for what the air quality is in their neighborhood in their area and what other things to do because uh, the Santa Ana's are to pick up uh, midweek Wednesday Thursday and it's not going to look pretty so this will continue so I will post well, as much as I can to help amplify that message for sure we'll we'll absolutely every but, time you send out that message we're here to help amplify that I'll drop it in the private rooms that I'm in uh, and I will always do my part to uh, to do what I can to help get that message out because it's vitally important. Yes, because this is this is a partisan issue, and I would ask that people check aqmd.gov to find out what the air quality is in their neighborhood. All right, thank you, uh, Elena Christopoulos, for joining us again today. Um, you have a, a a safe and and uh, wonderful week, and um, we look forward to having you back on again soon. Thank you both. Sorry, I was a little tired. Stay healthy out there. Weekend, but thank you both. We'll do. We'll do. Thank you both. Have a beautiful day. You too. Oh, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Elena Christopoulos joining us. Tara, um, we've got about 10, uh, 10 minutes left here in the show. Um, you know, my point is, is, is that I get aggravated. I'm aggravated with, with um, because this, all, you know, with climate change, um, with health care, with I mean, let's take climate change and gun reform. You know, I mean, I think health, I think health care is on everybody's agenda. Number one, so you know, you're going to see some, hopefully, see some positive legislation come out of this Democratic Congress or this Democratic House uh, on that, and. Um, It'd be nice to see, you know, Medicare freed up to negotiate drug prices, you know, for God's sake. That's something that should be right up there. But There's it, a whole you know, lot of shoulds. Yes. Well, we, you know, it, it's going to take our, you know, it's going to take the leaders getting out there, the ones that go out and, you know, hit the campaign trail and are out there stumping, you know, for all these candidates, um, you know, during these election cycles, for them to be out there doing the same talking about, you know, climate change and talking about, um, you know, our need, you know, for, you know, gun, gun reform, you know, for stricter gun laws, for, you know, stricter background checks, for longer waiting periods, you know, you know, for having people that purchase these crazy, you know, firearms, you know, taking out insurance policies, let's put a big hefty tax on ammunition, you know, so I mean, there's a lot yeah. of things that we, that can be done that doesn't get done because of money and politics. 
climate change is it i you know we were talking about it and it always it gets me rubbed up because i know that's one of those things that um the democrats you know are 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 guilty of of taking a lot of money um from these fossil fuel companies and why they don't talk about ending, ending Citizens United because, you know, they're filling their coffers. I mean, there's, you know, Republicans, obviously, they do it. It all comes t- down to the money. It's yep. always I the mean, fucking the Repu- money. And by right. the way, you can't spend all your money if it's been burned up in the bank because the bank burned down because of the wildfires because of the climate change. And you can't spend all of your money if you are dead because you've been consumed by mudslides. You know, and right. it comes to the point where how, how much money does a person really need? How much do you really right. need? You know, is it about you have to accumulate all the wealth? That's great. What are you going to do with it? What, what's your end game with all of the money that you have? You know, uh, someone like Malcolm Forbes, someone like uh, Elon Musk, these people who have apparently unlimited resources. Now, Elon Musk puts his money into climate change initiatives and created the Tesla and put out a car that doesn't rely on fossil fuel. That's great. More like that, please. When you are, you know, like when I'm saying put a positive spin on it, yeah, you can actually make money by doing good things for the planet. You can, you know, create a product that cleans up the oceans. There's some college kid that invented a thing that cleans up the plastic in the oceans. Wonderful. More like that. Use your powers for good, and maybe good things can happen as a result. What a shocking and controversial opinion to take. So, right. uh, like, it's something that I'm going to be looking into personally. I mean, I'm driving – I drive a, a Volkswagen Jetta, which is a fine vehicle, but Volkswagen now has a hybrid car. Uh, I'm looking into, uh, you know, possibly – you know, I possibly I'm going to at some point trade in my vehicle and get one that's better for the environment. I want to be able to do – you do your part. You recycle. You uh, watch how much water you consume. There are things that you can do in your own home every single day and in your own life every single day to help, uh, you know, with your own pos- your own personal carbon footprint. And it all adds up. And so there are ways – to, you know, um, by the way, talking about gun reform, if if we, as one of the many things we could do, if we could implement uh, a voluntary, once again, voluntary, no one's coming to take your guns away from you, voluntary government buyback where you get a tax break for uh, voluntarily giving the government back your gun. If there were something like that tax break, voluntary, again, uh, the materials collected from those guns could be melted and put back into our infrastructure to create better bridges, better tunnels, better railways, better, maybe we could put that towards building terrariums so that we can grow more food or put the money, you know, put those materials towards building something that will help make our lives safer and better. So there are things we can do. It's just that this current administration won't do them. They haven't made it sexy. They haven't made it, you know, something, you know, like Taylor Swift comes out and says, register to vote. And a million kids go register to vote. So if Taylor Swift came out and said, hey, everybody, uh, go do this because it'll help, you know, with climate change, people would do it. So it's like Elena said, you know, you have to have those conversations and you have to set the example. So make those demands of you just elected a whole bunch of people. Most of them are women. Put all of those women 
in power, those women are going to write bills that are going to become laws. They are. Have faith in the people we just elected. Have faith in the House that's actually going to take over in January. There's a lot of things they got to do. Don't expect them to all do it on day one. Uh, And obviously, government things happen at a glacial pace. But I, we have to have faith in our elected officials. That's why we vote. We voted. I voted for candidates that I know believe in climate change initiatives and want to implement them. Once they're sworn in in January, I plan to hold them accountable, and I expect everybody else to hold them accountable. That's the only way no. shit is going to get no. done. Wanting to and actually doing something is two completely different things because this goes way Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Back it up with action. I mean, this goes way back. You can go through all through Obama's administration. I mean, this is this is uh, in this is something that you know climate change. You know what Al Gore said. You know, seems like I said as I said when we were talking to Elena a hundred years ago, uh, still holds true to this day. And what's been what's really been done about that? Um, and this again, this should be something as Elena so eloquently states. This is not a partisan issue. This should be something that concerns both sides. And, you know, this is not some, you know, wacky, you know, liberal thing out there or some, you know, crazy Bernie thing or whatever, you know, they like to throw, you know, they like to throw a label on anything they can. But this is not a partisan issue. We're talking about clean air, clean water. Um, You know, we're talking about you know, serious climate change here where it's affecting, you know, rain totals and hurricanes and snowstorms. And it's going to be 25 degrees in Houston, Texas tonight or this week. And, you know, crazy weather like this. You know, we're talking about the Hurricane Harveys and, um, and you know, the Hurricane Florences and, and these, these crazy weird storms that you know, flooded, you know, Houston and, and the Carolinas. And it, I mean, it's just so much here. There's a lot of stuff that it, I think when you say, you know, I, I think you don't have to to put like a bow on it and make it nice. But I think what you can do is you can make it very interesting and you can make it you can make it interesting and get people involved in it in that way. And sell it that way. I mean, you know, getting and you have people like Elena Christopoulos. You have people like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Dr. Tyson, that you know makes things interesting and can get the younger generation involved in this. And as Elena was saying, the group out there, Generation Z, you know, they're pissed off. You know, they they feel like they've got handed a raw deal. And you know what? They have. They have. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have left them with a pile of steaming shit. Yep, well. And they don't like to get dirty, so they don't want to participate in cleaning up. All right. As we wrap (laughs) the show for today, there's two bits of business we need to attend to. First of all, a bit of good news. Kristen Cinema has won. She's been declared the winner in Arizona. She will become the first Democratic senator from Arizona in a quarter century. Holla, when Democratic women run, stuff gets done. Congratulations, Kristen Cinema. Thank you. That yes. is awesome. So good. That's, an- that's another blue seat. That's another blue butt in the seats in the house for us. That's fabulous and wonderful. And then on a sad note, trending number one right now, we have lost legendary, 
the legendary Stan Lee. He has passed away at 95. Um, I have never been a comic book person, but I absolutely cannot deny his contribution to our pop culture, uh, our society. Uh, so many people owe their careers to Stan Lee. If you're a person who enjoys all of that, I understand the loss that you are feeling today. Uh, and that is a life well lived, I think, Stan Lee. He, he's a good guy. He put good things out into the world, and he made a lot of people happy uh, with pen and ink. And that's, you know what? There's not enough of that in the world. So uh, those those who are missing Stan Lee today, we 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 miss him with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm wasn't uh, I've never been a big comic book person either, but I mean, you know, Stan Lee and just um, all the great um, things that came of of the comic books and Spider-Man and, you know, so many of those movies and things that I enjoyed and, um, you know, the cartoons that I enjoyed as I was a, growing up as a kid. So no, I, you know, if you don't know the name, you, uh, I'm, even if you were, you know, Stanley is somebody, you know, the name, even if you weren't a comic book person, you know, really, I mean, of course, I would, that's, and that's the yeah. point. That's when, that's when, you know, a life is well lived when it's something that, uh, it, outside of your, your own genre, your own milieu, whatever, that other people acknowledge and celebrate you uh, when you're able to, you know, step outside of that and just kind of be internationally known and appreciated. That's, that's when you've done something, I hope, hopefully well, you know, you don't want to be notorious for the wrong reasons, but uh, 95, God bless him. You know, 95, that's a good long life. We should all be yep. so lucky. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for us today here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com. If you missed any of the show today, um, you can catch it uh, right back here in about 15 minutes on TaylorTerrorRadio.com for listening or download. Um, if you uh, choose another venue, uh, you certainly can. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play Music, or just go to Google or your favorite search engine and type in Taylor Terra Radio, and you'll see a couple pages of podcasting platforms that you can pick from. So uh, that's really the easy way to do it. If if you don't really know, or you're new to listening to podcasts, or you're on your smartphone and you need an app, um, I suggest uh, my favorite app is Podcast Addict and TuneIn. I like both of those. So. Um, Whatever uh, is up your alley. So, uh, hey, that's going to do it. We're going to go, and everybody enjoy their uh, their Monday. We um, um, are observing Veterans Day today, Veterans Day yesterday, but we observe it today. So, um, yeah, thanks to all our veterans out there, you know. I mean, oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for all you do, all you've given up, you know. I mean – Freedom isn't free. I tweeted that, you know, and we've heard that a lot, but it's true. Freedom is not free, and um, we have our veterans, our men and women um, that have given their lives so we could enjoy this freedom that we have here in this great nation. And we continue on the hope that they give us um, by not only sacrificing their selves and their uh, their service, but you know their families as well play a big part in their sacrifices too, 
Um, so Absolutely. we always, yeah, I always, I never, you know, when I'm, when I'm in prayer, I always absolutely include the families of our servicemen and women um, and those, you know, that we've lost because, you know, they pay a heavy price too. They're, you know, they're constantly moving, you know, uh, around the world with, with, you know, with the families are, you know, constantly moving. If you've grown up in a military family, you're well aware of this. You know, you can live, you know, 10 different places, you know, in the span of a military career. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, all right, we'll see everybody on Wednesday. And who's going to be our guest on Wednesday, Tara? Oh, we are welcoming a very big name in the resistance. If you uh, have been paying attention at all on Twitter, she's one of the strongest voices of the resistance and has been that way for a while you can follow her at Ayn Rand Paul Ryan, and her name is Holly Figueroa, and she will be our guest on Wednesday. Uh, something that we wanted to do post-election was really elevate and highlight some of the stronger voices in the resistance on Twitter. Uh, she's definitely one of them. We'll be hearing from more like Holly in the coming weeks, but uh, I'm looking forward to that because we've been friends online for so long. It'll be great to put a voice to, right. the, to the Twitter account and... Uh, you know, she's always she's always the first one out there. You know, when the new stats come out or something breaks, uh, she's you know she's got uh, amazing connections and she gets this info and boom. I mean, she's just right at the forefront of the resistance and she's going to be a great uh, a great one to talk to on Wednesday. Absolutely, uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, I've been friends a long time on on social media, but yeah, put a putting a voice to the uh, to the social media account. It's always it's always fun. It's always fun for the listeners, you know. Um, it's fun for us, you know, if you've never actually talked to a person. So, all right, if we you've are never talked out to of a here, person. everybody. What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. We're done. Bye. Oh, everybody okay. have a wonderful yes, we're Monday. Done. Goodbye, can. everybody. Have a great week. We'll see everybody Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, here on TaylorTerrorRadio.com. <laughs> Yeah.